Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work For Him Zone. I hope you're never the same. Today on the I Work For Him show, we are going to talk about things that relate to marriage. As we do each and every Tuesday, Martha and I tackle a subject to encourage those out there that are trying to not only survive their marriage, but thrive in their marriage. For the last several weeks, we've been going through the marriage mentoring curriculum that we use called Dare to Be Different, and it's from daretobedifferent.com. Matt and Pam Lair have put together this incredible curriculum, and really it just helps couples relearn how to resolve conflict in a healthy manner. It does. And we always want to put a big plug out there that if anybody is interested in learning more about this marriage mentoring program and bringing it into their church, it's very doable. This is not something that's exclusive. It's meant to go all over the country and the world. They it's even in have three, a program. over 3,000 churches. Yes, it is. And they even have a program for missionaries to be able to do it online and things like that. But but the point is, is that we want to see this spread. We want to see churches adopt this program and utilize it in their lay ministry because it's a lay run other than and lay means not pastors 
That's right. That it's volunteers. Volunteer that driven. Learn how to do, um, basically walk through the steps we've been talking about every Tuesday and it, being able to come alongside couples and help them to strengthen their marriage and give them tools. So, so we love that. Right. And so this isn't marriage counseling because Martha and I aren't counselors. And there's a reason I'm never going to become a certified counselor. Number one, it, re- it requires going back to school. And when I walked out of college <laughs> and I got my degree, I said, I'm never going back to school again because it was... Well, it wasn't the experience that I had hoped for, but yes, I got but my that degree. That was kind of before, you know, all those great things like Google and the internet. And what does that have to do with college, though? Oh, it helps. I mean, in I got a program. Well, I have programming degree. It helps I mean, my with how you study? Oh my word! My programming degree would be so different. Actually, could use what I learned today if you took a programming degree today. But I was a lousy programmer because I couldn't sit still. I like being with people. <laughs> Anyway, and I got told that in 1989, and that boss was right. In fact, if Erwin Templin III is out there listening today, I'd like to thank you for telling me that, because you were right. You were right. I was a lousy programmer. And if anybody knows Erwin Templin III, please tell him I said so. I owe him an apology. (laughs) I do. I owe him an apology, because I told him he was wrong, but he was really right. I was a lousy programmer. You know, there's probably an I work for him lesson in all of this. What's that? Well, I would have to think about it for a minute, but, you know, we... Respect respect the opinion of our boss because they've been observing us. I was 23. Mm-hmm. I was cocky. I was confident. And I was. it was the fourth takeover of the company I worked for. And I was way in over my head. And nobody was there to rescue me. And so I thought I was doing an okay job. But I knew I wasn't doing an okay job. It just wasn't. I was over my head. The project I was on, too big. And I told him. I thought he was... <laughs> anyway, I was wrong, and I owe him an apology, and I've been looking for him since you, 1989. You so if anybody knows him, that. I'd like to apologize to him. He, he owes it. But anyway, so we'll, we'll put it out there in the airwaves. Maybe he'll listen <laughs> to my iTunes someday. That's right. This is Jim Brangenberg talking. Okay, so listen, we're talking today. On, our subject is about family and in-laws mm-hmm. as it relates to causing conflict or causing thriving to happen in your marriage. And so I picked this set of verses from Matthew 19, verses 4 through 6. He answered, that would be Jesus answered. This would be in red if you got one of those red letter Bibles. What? You want yeah, me to move on? I was on? thinking that very thought that it's not in red. I, that's cause but I, I, wasn't I never spend the lot. money to print yeah, in color. We don't need it printed. In no, we don't. Anyway. But just pr- pretend you're seeing this in red. <laughs> he answered, have you not read that he who created them from the beginning, that would be God, made them male and female and said, therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let man not let not man separate Mm. and the whole point in there was okay he created the male and female said they should join together become one flesh and they should leave their father and mother that's right in today's world unfortunately there's a lot of people that are still living at home at 40 that's not the idea but when you get married you create your own new little family Mm -hmm. and you need to create your own new little boundaries and mom and dad shouldn't be in the middle of your stuff yeah, and that's one of the... But they should be in the middle of your stuff when you ask them. Yes. I mean, we, we utilize both of our parents a lot for mm-hmm. advice, depending on certain things. Yes. If we're talking about entrepreneurial things, we go to your folks. If we're talking about sales things, I go to my dad. If we're talking about Bible things, like I go to my mom because she's always studying something. You know, if we're talking about... Really, I mean, we, we go back and forth. It just mm-hmm. depends. But they're both 
advisors, trusted advisors mm-hmm. to us for certain things. Yeah. I think one of the biggest things that um, we'll probably uncover today is the fact that this is something, ex- especially early on in a marriage relationship, learning how to balance, how to understand the influence of each other's families, because we both were, you know, you're, when you come together in a marriage, you're both raised in separate homes, and they're not going to be identical, and learning how to make your own um forms of communication and when to invite into that conversation and when to, um, uh, you know, allow the the strife and allow the counsel to come in. And so that's one of the things really, especially very early on in a relationship um, needs to be talked about. And that's one of the really cool things about this mentoring program is just giving that platform to say, hey, let's have a conversation about this. Let's ask these questions that we're going to go through and um, uncover where we both stand. Because sometimes, you know, it's the last thing you think about when you're thinking about getting married is, well, how are we going to handle this or that and and you know we just don't think about the logistics of things at the time well and everything you've learned about marriage you've learned from your parents mm-hmm. the good and the bad right and guess what you the the spouse that you're marrying they've learned the good and the bad ab- about marriage from their parents and so you come together you got lots of different opinions and approaches and so it's it's fine-tuning this but that's for you and your husband or you and your wife to figure out and not for mom and dad to meddle in the middle but but to also make sure that you respect their position because a lot of times they've got a lot of wisdom they can share with you. Yeah, so many people joke about the fact that, you know, when their kids become teenagers, the parents become dumb and don't know anything. Just they're stupid. always wrong and they don't know what they're talking about. And then there's some point when the child becomes an adult and gets out on their own and starts to be living that grown-up life, life that all of a sudden they go, oh, mom and dad know what they're talking about, you know? So it's that light bulb going on and it's when does that happen and when is it initiated and who initiates it and and how much is that commingled? Well, part of it is you just come back and you just say, boy, mom and dad, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, just start with that. <laughs> you start with, I'm sorry. Uh, like we did after we watched... Father of the Bride. Father of the Bride. We, we went back to both of our parents and said, like, we're, we're sorry. So sorry. We didn't yeah. realize we put you through that when we were so young. But thanks for letting us do it. Yeah. And then your mom said. She said, that's okay. I just figured you'd grow up together. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got old together. I don't know if I grew up any yet, but, you know, well, I guess maybe a little. And if anybody looked on our Facebook page last yeah, that's night. That's right. On the I Work For Him Facebook page. You can find that online on Facebook. On clicking, I just type in I Work, I work For Him. For that's him. I Work, the number four, him. They will see a picture of our first date 31 years ago yesterday in front of your Bonneville. Please note. The incredible shine on that 1981 Bonneville because it took like four hours, yes. but it was worth it. Oh, with well, paste wax, right? The oh my, it was the old stuff. Oh, that took elbow grease. Yeah. Maybe that's why my elbows are so bad. Maybe all because waxing you were my dad's to cars all the time. Me, huh? I was trying to impress you. That car was spotless. Mm. It was. Well, I was challenged, and that to one go didn't have bucket seats in the front. That had bench seats in front. I think you actually sat in the middle. Did yeah, you sit? In the I don't middle? know if I did on our first date. I think you did. I don't think so. I probably didn't. That was the greatest thing about old cars. <laughs> our, our 1981 Mercury Zephyr that we took in a marriage, that had a front bench seat. It did. That thing was sweet. That was so... And so then you could do COD corners. Yep. Come on over, dear. That's right. 
That's right. You can just turn them fast. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's just share how Christ is working in our lives today. I, I think what's really what, what, what I've been working on is, okay, what's the next step for I work for him? How? How do we take the ministry of I work for him as we've been studying our value proposition of what we bring to offer customer to potential clients, potential Christ following business owners who want us to come in, want me to come in there and we do operational audits. But that's really what somebody's helped us figure out. We go in there and we help businesses, but trying to figure out, okay, how do we go in and develop that with multiple companies operationally? How do we go in and help them? And then we've got this ministry called Business His Way, these these monthly groups that we do. We've got one right now that's got between 10 and 12 members on it. They don't always show up every month, but We want to grow that ministry because it's really touching the lives of really small Christian business owners able to have conversations. And so we're just really praying for direction on those two ministries that uh, that we're involved in uh, and and how I spend my days other than the days I'm preparing for all the radio shows. Mm -hmm. So how is Christ? I'm just praying all the time. Oh, yeah. Doing a lot of writing. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of journaling, just a lot of writing. Do the pros and cons thing. Okay. I got Dr. Steve Steph always challenging me to come up with, uh, you know, different things. He's always asking yes. me the tough questions. It's yeah. good because I ask tough questions to people. I, what about for you? How, how's Christ working in your life? What's going on? Well, I think um, what I think you of had right a pretty now, incredible weekend. I did. That's well. What I was well, I was say. slaving in Arizona. I was forty out of forty-one things that got done on my mom and dad's list. I was helping our daughter move into her first apartment all on her own. So officially, we are now empty nesters. All three kids grown and gone. Done. See you. Yeah. Bye. So what Christ has been showing me and through conversations that I've been having with people, just reminding me that this is the the right progression of life and that this is what our goal was, is for our kids to become um, God-loving, independent adults. And um, what a what a wonderful thing that that is to be able to celebrate that and to know that it's um, that it's good. And that years ago we were challenged for this time of life that we wouldn't wake up after becoming empty nesters and go, who are you and how do we spend time together? So many couples um, are so engrossed in the life of their kids that they forget to um, work on their own relationship. And we were challenged years ago to not let that happen. And so I, I love that fact. I mean, you've only been home a day from Arizona, so and it's been a very busy day, so we don't really feel like that has sunk in yet, but just the reality that we are not in a moment of shock as far as I don't really know my spouse because I've been focusing on my kids. I'm really looking forward to um, being able to spend even more time together, but I'm not afraid of it because I we've already got things that we enjoy doing together. Very afraid. So, Anyway, that's what Christ has just really been encouraging me because we have been intentional on some things because we were challenged. And that's why we're here to challenge other people um, to think about things that maybe nobody else is asking them those questions. So does that mean we need to get a hobby? Oh, we have hobbies. We do? What is our hobby? Marriage mentoring. Oh, well, for the next month, it's going to be painting. (laughs) Can that count as a hobby? We have lime green to remove from our house. Thank you, Sarah. Several (laughs) hundred square feet of lime green to remove. Yes. And that is one project. That is correct. We're going to be be a little Pinterest DIY uh, HGTV um, junkies for the next couple of months. Oh, oh no. This part of we is not. Whatever you want, I'll do. Oh, everybody heard that. It's recorded. It's true. I know. Oh, like I, I have any I design know. ideas. I know. 
So anyway, yeah, that's that we have some things to do there. So, but why? But I'm just. What? I don't know. Yeah, who well, knows? Who knows what the hobbies will be? More walking on the beach, hopefully. Golf. We take but, up golf. Uh, not this time of year. Oh, okay. Well, we, we. You can think about that. Okay. For the future. I think we need to exercise we do, we together. Do not golf. that you need to exercise, but I need to exercise. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I got a Fitbit, so we'll know how far we go. That's so. right. At least yeah. we can drag it on your That's legs. Right. That's, That's right. right. We're talking about how to make your relationship solid. And to be building up a great foundation in your marriage, in your relationships. And we're talking about the influence of family and in-laws on those relationships, both the positive and the negative, because there's some some people bring both in to the relationship. Martha, we're talking today about the part of our marriage mentoring program where we talk about family and Mm in-laws. But before we get to that, we need to do our book highlight segment, don't we? Oh, that's a great idea. Hey, who's it brought by? Karis Christian Books and Gifts. Our book today is Building Family Ties with Faith, Love, and Laughter, written by Dave Stone. Let me give you a short explanation. Hear what others are saying. Dave's book is full of no-nonsense, no-nonsense, common-sense suggestions and biblically-inspired truth. As a parent of two under-construction children still finding their way in a fallen world, I'm keenly aware of the importance of living a life of faithful integrity in order to teach, actually teach it to my kids. I, of course, have failed miserably on occasion, but then I didn't have Dave's book like you do. Kathy Lee Gifford. Hey, Building Family Ties with Faith, Love, and Laughter shares practical tips on how your family can achieve a close-knit love for one another, become each other's best friends. You need to call into the studio line and get this book at 855-265-2929 because they're not coming it out on a movie. So read the book. That's right. I'm seriously struggling with my lips today. They're rented, but i got to return them to Sears and get a new brand. That's right. All right, but don't forget, if you'd like to get a copy of this book, Building Family Ties with Faith, Love, and Laughter by Dave Stone, if you want a book that will just be encouraging to you, call into the studio line now. Talk to the lovely Andrea. She's standing by 855-265-2929, or as my wife was trying to say, 855-265-2929. All right, we're talking about family and in-laws. Yes, we are. You have to work on that auctioneer. No, I did really good. Did you? Yeah. Can you find that? We can play it later. You work on that (laughs) on the break. All right. So family and in-laws, we we do a survey. When we meet with a couple, they do a survey between 134 and 174 questions, depending on whether they've been married twice or all these different things. And in this survey, it indicates that there's several questions. In fact, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight questions that relate to the influence of family and in-laws on your marriage. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea is that when a husband and wife get married, they are no longer living with mom and dad. They're no longer under mom and dad's rules. They're creating their own household. And in most instances, you create this new synergy between you know in-laws and, and in-laws on both sides and a new family, new couple. But we have to teach couples how to actually make that work. And sometimes there's some things that need to be worked a little rough, a little roughness. But the other thing, the other dynamic that couples are dealing with, Martha, isn't it that they're dealing with some couples, some husbands or some wives don't know that a family can have positive influence? Right. Depending on where they've come from and how they've been raised, they haven't had the role model that they really 
desire. And so they don't know what they don't know and they don't know what they really want. And so we were just talking about that. You know, there could be one of the spouse that came from a Christ following home and one that didn't and or some other form of, of um synergy or something that's not in the home and they need to figure out what they want in their home to follow Christ. So (laughs) we asked these questions on the survey about uh, families and in-laws and there's these eight questions. And the one that I think that we should probably talk about first is um, this, this, this question. I'm concerned about the amount of time my partner plans with his or her family. Hmm. Why would spending too much time with mom or dad be an issue in a marriage? Well, I think that um, one reason could be that they're, they're, they're not really doing the leaving and cleaving thing, that the person um, that is spending too much time at their home base um, is not establishing their own home. And they're they're leaning too much on the time they're spending with their family. Well, and it can be unhealthy. You know, you need to develop your own boundaries. Yet, and if you're going to go, if you know, there's times where I go spend time with my folks, you go spend time with your mm-hmm. folks. But most of the time, when we go spend time with our folks, we do it together mm-hmm. because we're married together and we can learn a lot of things from them together. So it's really important to do that. But a lot of times, it, it sometimes it could get out of balance, and so it's important that you communicate this. Hey. I'm not happy you keep spending time with your mom and dad. Can w- w- You don't have much free time. Can you spend it with me? Yeah. And, and again, these are the kinds of things that are just opening the discussion because it's going to be a hot button for everybody in a different way. If um, I, I don't know why this came to mind, but if like there was a movie out that maybe you and I were really looking forward to going to see and I said, oh, I'm going to go see that with my family and not with you. You know, what kind of message does that give to your spouse? It's just. Confusing. Very confusing. Now, that doesn't mean you can't all go to the movie together if that's what you want to do. But if it was something that we were like, oh, there's this love story and I want to go with you on a date and blah, blah, then then that's, you know, the direction you should go with that. So so balancing that and just figuring out what is appropriate and even for fun events, you know, if you're going to watch a, a Super Bowl game, okay, make it a family event, make it a fun event. But, in, but learning how much is enough and how much is too much where you're not getting any time alone. Well, and, and the other thing is to keep in mind that If you're going to spend time, you need to spend time alone together, you as a family. But if you get to spend time with in-laws, we try to balance it a little bit, but sometimes it's easier to balance than others. We get to spend more time with Martha's folks because they live in Florida half of the year. Um, We don't get to spend time with much of my folks because they live in Arizona, but they can move to Florida today. (laughs) That's right, Mom and Dad. If you're listening, you can move to Florida today. No subliminal messages there. No, not subliminal. That was totally whatever the opposite of subliminal was. Uh, But but our... our, our oldest daughter, she gets to spend a ton of time with her in-laws because they live in the same state of Minnesota, the frozen tundra. So our well, son-in-law, we, he gets he gets totally lucky, doesn't spend time with his in-laws. Aww. Well, when we were newlyweds and had young children, we lived in the same town with both sets of parents. So again, trying to, you know, we would often, we would host a holiday so everybody could come, but our family all became family. So right. that made it really easy as well. We did. But some families, that's more difficult to do. But again, figuring out that balance of, you know, where, where are we, what are we going to do and how much time are we going to spend? But this is above and beyond, I think, the holidays and things like that when someone is you know i'm going to stop at work after work at my parents every day and it's not because they need 
them, but I'm going to do that and I'm going to maybe have dinner with them and I'm avoiding spending time at home, then there there's definitely some issues there that need but to be talked through. It really is just a communication thing. It is. If you've got family, we all are born with family. We are. And, and you need to enjoy them while you have them. Mm-hmm. And there is... You just you just need to talk through this. Hey, I'd like to spend some time with my mom and dad. How do you feel about that? Well, that's great, but let's not spend so much time. I mean, whatever you want to, whatever it needs to be, it just needs to be communicated back and forth. But the other thing is, there are a lot of kids out there today that are getting married who don't understand the value of a mom and a dad because their moms and dads got divorced. They don't they don't know the value of family, and therefore they may drive you away from your own family that may be healthy. Well, healthy with quotes around it because there's I don't know if there's any functional family. Every family's a little dysfunctional. But they there are a lot of kids out there today, twenties, thirties, forties, that need to understand the value of family because hmm. That's a, that's a very good point. And again, I just want to go back to that's why we love this mentoring program so much, because no matter if you've been married or you're getting married, been married a couple of months or you have been married for 30 years, we may you may for the first time have an open platform to have these conversations and say, oh, let's figure this out so that we don't end up in a lot of conflict or after 30 years of strife and really not dealing with it, giving them the opportunity to say, okay, so what's going to be a good compromise here? And what can we do about it? What can you agree on? And that's what the bottom line of all the mentoring is, is coming to an agreement of what you're going to try and do in your own marriage. And I love that. Well, and it is, it's fantastic. And what I like you know, in this, the spending time with family and really just to learn because I I understand you so much better because I've gotten to know your folks. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's I mean, you are a completeness of both of them. You've got I mean, well, there's we can't go into all those incredible things. Well, you about made you. that comment to um, to somebody one time. It's like you know you got to remember that that your spouse came from a family and that family had a way of doing things and that's affects yeah, and influences like the way you guys you made up words. Of course, you just made up that's words. Natural. They just and then they're like, "Well, that's a word because we said it." <laughs> it's in our dictionary. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they got some pretty funky things that went on in Martha's house. They made up words, but you appreciate it because I, you know you because all of them, all of, us. All of your siblings <laughs> make up words, and I haven't figured out whether that was because of your mom or your dad. I'm pretty sure it was your dad. But they both are pretty good at making up words. Well, maybe it's a generational thing. The unfortunate part of the influence of families and in-laws is sometimes it gets a little out of balance, mm-hmm. where the relationship that a husband has with his parents or a wife has with her parents, they they call mom because they're used to talking to mom and they share a problem that's going on in the marriage, and all of a sudden, mom or dad are are getting involved in marital conflict. Mm-hmm. And that's not what it was designed to do. Right. When you've got a problem with your spouse, the last person in the world you should go to is your mom or dad and drag them into the conversation. Well, it does so many things. And, and, and maybe there's a time where that's appropriate, but for the most part, what it does is it ends up pitting them against the spouse without the spouse having any say in it because you automatically we all defend our child we all want to you know think the best of our own child and so you can't imagine that i'm presenting representing any of it 
in a way that is going to make me look bad. So, you know, you, there's just that danger of pitting that that you shouldn't have. And even with girlfriends, this really goes beyond just family is the girlfriends and guy friends of, you know, being very careful about in your conflict of marriage, what you take outside of the marriage. That doesn't mean to hide things. And it doesn't mean not to talk to people if there's really a danger or a need to. But for the most part, um, you know, I don't I don't want to call up people and say, can you believe Jim did this? You know, that's just not the way you should. <laughs> because you'd always be on the phone. Oh, hey, nobody's called in for the book today. We've got a book that we're giving away uh, that is called uh, Building Family Ties with Faith, Love and Laughter by David Stone. So if you want to call into the studio line. Jim says 855-265-2929. That's right. What's that again? Jim says 855-265-2929. If you, if you could have got to straight face, you were very, very, very close on that one. But we do have a, a book to give away. 855-265-2929. Thank you, Andrea, for getting that. We need to have that yeah, recorded. Yeah, thanks so much. <laughs> All right. So, but if you've got a conflict with your spouse and you want to get the input or you're having a conflict between the two of you, and you want to get your input from your folks or your in-laws, go together. Mm, that's a great idea. I mean, because that, that way they can hear both sides of the argument. But we don't recommend this. We'd recommend more an outside couple. Find a mentor couple that's older than you, a godly couple that's older than you. Because, I don't know, bringing our parents into conflict. Oh, I don't know. It, de- it Well, it depends on what the conflict really is. Because, I mean, if it's wise counsel you're seeking. But then we weren't talking about wise no, counsel. We're no. talking about conflict. Yeah, like you're having trouble with each other. So, are we going to talk about some of these other questions? Yeah, which one do you want to talk about? Um... Oh, this is, D is an interesting one. We have had problems due to our differences economically and socially. It is true that we do learn everything we know about money from our parents and how they handle the money. From how you were raised. From how you were raised. Mm -hmm. All right. You might have been raised by parents. You might have been raised by wolves. No. Is that what you meant? No. Bears? Anyway. Chickens. I'm sorry I stated the obvious or the (laughs) inobvious there, but anyway... um, but the fact that we are raised in different environments, financially, spiritually, uh, socially, that those things um, really affect how you bring it together. If you don't, if you're, you came from two different seemingly planets. Money can be one of the top reasons to drive people apart in a marriage. Mm-hmm. It's not always the not top reason anymore, but it is a source of conflict. And it is so important right away in your marriage that you start talking about money, how you're going to handle debt, how you're going to spend money, how you're going to budget. Budget. Yeah, that's a six B-U-D-G-E. That's a six-letter word. Yes, I just counted that online. I'm tired. Um, you know, budget. If you if you don't have a budget, money becomes a four-letter word in your marriage. And Okay, I sound like a broken record, but that's why we love this program again for the people that are getting ready to get married, because this gives them that opportunity to to have those conversations and we challenge them to do a budget. And, and you, we, we're all raised to handle money differently. Mm-hmm. We, you are going to marry somebody who handles money differently than you. There's always a spender and there's always a saver. Have we ever seen a, 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 something where that wasn't the case? I can't think. Maybe even two if, savers. If it, they may not even be as drastic, but they're still... You know, one or the other. One saves more than the other. There's always one a curmudgeon. Spends more than the other. There's always a curmudgeon. Sure. There's always a Mr. Scrooge. It just seems like there always is. It seems that way. 
Maybe they're the ones that have the most conflict. So maybe that's the ones we know about. The well, most. that may be true. Yeah. But but you you brought another good point up. You, you keep saying, well, this is why we love this program. If you go to church, and and if you're a Christ follower, you need to go to church. Mm. And the reason you go to church is to be encouraged in your faith on a weekly basis, to surround yourself with people who are like-minded, who can help lift you up and be there for you when you're having a tough day. If you go to a church and there's not a marriage mentoring program, a program specifically designed to build up the strength of the marriages in your church, you need to contact Martha and I. And it's very easy. Jim at IWorkForHim.com, Martha at IWorkForHim.com, or on Facebook, IWorkForHim. And we'll put, just connect us to your pastors, and we will tell them about this Dare to be Different program. No, we don't get money for telling them about it, but maybe we should work that out. <laughs> but even if we don't, we would still, because we believe yeah, in it. Absolutely. We'll come and results. talk to your church about how incredible it is. Mm-hmm. You know, our church, First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks on Ulmerton Road in Largo, where your bookstore is conveniently located. All 2,400 square feet of it. That's right. Seven <laughs> days a week of it. Uh, we're the only church in Tampa Bay right now with this program. Yeah. And it's stupid. There's should be 3,000 churches in Tampa Bay doing this program because every church needs a marriage mentoring program because every church has marriages in it that need mentoring. Yes. And and what is it that you say? Strong marriages build strong families. Strong, strong families. Strong, well, here it is. Strong, strong men mm-hmm. lead strong marriages because if there's godly men, if they're loving their wives like Christ loved the church, no marriage would ever have a problem. Um so strong men lead strong marriages. Strong marriages build strong families. Strong families build super strong churches. Strong churches, they're going to stink and change America. That's what we need to build up, strong churches. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Was that power to the people or I got 30 seconds left? Okay. <laughs> Andrea's giving me this power to the people thing. Okay. But we need, but we really need to build up strong marriages. And you do that by taking two godly people, having them chase after the Lord, but they need to work on the marriages. Marriage takes work, which is why we do the cruise your way to a better marriage retreat. That's right. Because people need to work on their marriages, and we decided the best way to do it is do it on a cruise ship as cheaply as possible so they can get away from cell phones, work, the internet, and their kids. So they'll focus five days on the marriage, 97 straight hours of enjoying your spouse, working on your marriage. Only seven of those in conference. All right, so Martha's doing video. I don't. I don't know how that's legal. I didn't sign a waiver. Oh yeah, you did. <laughs> that's right. Almost twenty nine years ago, I signed a waiver. All right, we're talking about the positive and negative influence of family and in laws, and really the biggest thing is to set boundaries. So some of the homework. Oh, by the way, did you hear that commercial? Yeah, it was, it was awesome. A, it was an awesome commercial of five reasons mm-hmm. the people should go on the marriage cruise. Mm-hmm. Hey, there are still some openings left. We're trying to fill the cruise. You're going, Jim, February is nine, ten months away from now. That's nine months away. But th- you need to sign up now. We give you the opportunity to sign up now and make payments all year long. So when you get there, it's all paid for and it's not a big check to write. Not a big check anyway. 880 bucks for a couple to go away for an entire weekend. That includes everything, taxes, tips to the people on the cruise ship, the parking, the retreat, the cruise, it's all included. Yeah. And it gives you something to look forward to. That's is right. It's great. Absolutely. Okay. So we give some homework sometimes when people need to work through issues on their marriages, having to do with in-laws and family, mm-hmm. uh, we give some homework. Here, here's... Here's some of the different things we suggest. Hey, set boundaries in person with the family. So have a family meeting, which some people don't even know what those are. Now, they're not fun. Family meetings aren't fun. But sometimes you just need to talk about it and you need to hash it all out and cry and maybe yell or whatever. But just get it all out on the table and just say, we have an issue here. Can we talk about it? 
So you're saying this is about getting all everybody setting the boundaries. To set boundaries. Yeah, set the boundaries. Do you think it should start first with the couple, though? I'm thinking it should start first okay. with the couple. Talking so that they come to an agreement and then say maybe then maybe let the family know. You absolutely. You should never share anything about or having to do with your spouse if you have not shared that thing with your spouse. And not only share it, but come to an agreement. And be honest. Yeah. Don't know secrets. Secrets are a killer in marriage. That's a good That's a good point. We, can I be patented on that? Secrets are a killer in marriage. Sure. Okay. I don't, I don't know. I don't really think that's a good one. Hey, but, but the other one, write down the holidays and plan them ahead and notify everyone. Hey, we're going to be here for Thanksgiving, here for Christmas, here for New Year's, here for... Fourth of July, Memorial Day, Labor Day. These are where we're going to be. Join us if you want to. If you don't, we know you don't love us. No. No. I can't believe I said that. No. But it is good to be able to, hey, if you could plan that far ahead and really talk through it. Well, we know where we're going to be on Memorial Day. Oh, we do. No, we don't. We haven't oh. even decided yet. Okay. We're going away, though. No, but what was, I was there. I was thinking back to when our kids were little and the fact we had it perfectly timed for about four or five years in a row. It was Thanksgiving with the in-laws, Christmas with the with like my the outlaws. No, oh. but it worked for all four of my siblings. She was talking like, about my family. No, 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 no. Like my siblings, oh. we all would spend Thanksgiving one year with our own in-laws. And then that Christmas, we would all be together as a family. And then the opposite would happen the next year. We would have Thanksgiving together. And then, and we then all... we'd have Christmas with all of my siblings' in-laws. Then we moved to the four corners and then, of the earth. And then we all started moving farther away from each other. But that was really amazingly a miracle when it did happen. For a lot of like, years. Wow, that was really cool that we made that happen. And there was that Mother's Day in our first house where everybody's family came. Sue and Jeff's in-laws came. Your mom and dad came. My mom and dad came. Remember, it was raining like a crazy. I had to put a board across oh, the mud river. Oh, my goodness, yes, because there wasn't a good road yet, I don't think, yeah, or something. No, it was pretty so, incredible. Yeah. All yeah, right, so good. you need to talk through the holidays. Uh, co-write a love letter to fathers and mothers sharing all the reasons you admire them and appreciate them. Aww. That's a great one. It's always really good. And do this while they're alive so they know. Let pe- let your in-laws know how much you appreciate and what you appreciate about them. Tell your parents what you love about them, how you appreciate them. Mm-hmm. It, they need to know this. Don't say it at their funeral. If you don't say it to them while they're alive, why would you say it to them at their funeral? They don't hear it at the funeral. Tell them now while it really matters. Let them know how much you appreciate them. Even the most difficult family, there's always good there. And keep in mind, you love your wife, you love your husband, and sometimes their families are difficult. Just keep in mind, they created your spouse. Let them know how much you appreciate that. Mm. That's one of the things I loved about Facebook this Mother's Day was how many people took the opportunity to publicly tell everyone how wonderful their what their mom was or is. And um, what I think is really sweet is that everybody thinks their mom is the very best mom because it's the perfect mom for them. And I love that. I just think it's so sweet. But hey, don't don't get too don't get too philosophical. I like that. We're Christ followers who own our own business, but ultimately, I work for him.